0: keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Let's pray over God's Word. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for the opportunity to preach your Word. I never take it lightly, dear God, to stand behind your desk and just be the messenger. And I pray that you'd hide me behind your cross of your son and you would just help me to preach your gospel. I'm so very thankful to be here. So very thankful for the support of my church family. I love them and I'd ask you to just love on them this week. Thank you for all the encouragement and all the blessings that you've given me this week and my whole life. We love you. We're looking forward to what you're wanting to do with Salt Rock Baptist Church. Amen. I would also like you to turn over the gospel according to Matthew chapter 26 real quick. We're going to be looking in both of these passages tonight. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to start in verse 36. For there say Amen. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little further. Jesus went a little further. And prayed, saying, "Oh, my Father, if it be possible that this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou will. I could have titled this message many, many different things. Um, I've been working on one of the messages um, since last year, and the other one I got while I was at camp. And the Lord decided to knit them together in my heart, and I hope that it makes sense, and uh, God will do the same thing for you tonight. In these passages of scripture tonight, I want to point out two simple phrases that we find. We find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, that the phrase I want to pull out is walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, and he went a little bit further. It reminds me a first a little earlier in the gospel according to Matthew. In verse 41, chapter 5, it says, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. This is real Christianity. This is not mediocre, carnal living. And I want to speak on tonight, walking worthy as a second-mile Christian. Walking worthy as a second-mile Christian. Before I tell the dear saints in this room tonight to not quit, We need to determine who is really being and wanting to be a Christian, a true Christian, and who is not. Do you really want to be named with Christ? It's going to cost you just as much as it did Christ. Yeah, you're going to have to die. You're going to have to die to this thing called self. You're going to have to die to this thing called your flesh. You're going to have to sacrifice that. I love hearing Brother Tom Gillum preach over the Tellersville Baptist Camp Meeting. And uh, he was preaching on Abraham and Isaac. And as he was preaching, the Lord was working on my heart and, uh, about this message. And he, I never realized that Abraham had to give up his son, sacrifice his son, just like Jesus did. I had never thought about that in that way. But wow, what faith. Um. Wow, what Christianity. He didn't get the walk with God he had without sacrificing his son um, off the throne of his heart and allowing God to take precedence. God help us tonight to get some of that unction, some of that faith, some of that wow faith that God helped us with. We cannot quit Christians. That's not walking worthy. And I believe I need to make a public service announcement right now. Dear Christian, it is not the time for you to be too busy for Wednesday night. Dear Christian, it is not the time for you to be too busy for Sunday night. And dear Christian, it is not the time to be too busy for God. Seek the face of God for every decision. You are not going to bring the wrong question to God, and He never has a wrong answer. Amen. Now you may not like the answer, but that does not change the truth behind it. And uh, sometimes that answer is no, and that's hard. I heard a preacher say something here from an old truck driver. The truck driver said, "Preacher, I know exactly why the road to hell is broad, and why the highway to heaven is narrow." And the uh, the driver said, or the the preacher said, "Really? Why?" The Church driver stated, "Well, you have to have room to turn around whenever you're headed towards hell." And whenever you're going towards the mark of the high calling of the Christ of Jesus Christ, there is no room for a turnaround. That road is so narrow, there's no room for you to quit. There's no room for you to turn around. Beloved, we cannot quit walking the straight and narrow. Under any circumstances, we don't get to turn around and walk back towards Egypt. God's already delivered us. God has delivered us out of Satan's hands. Don't jump back in. Maybe it's time to put up some Christian standards with your co-workers or with your school or wherever stage of life you're in right now. Maybe not quitting is going to require a backbone as tough as steel. Folks, 500 Baptist churches, and this this threw me off, 500 Bible-preaching Baptist churches will close down by the end of this year. We have got to stop and weigh the consequences of quitting on God. What about my generation, dear church? What about the generation after me? What about the generation after that? You see, it's bigger than just us. It's bigger than just Elijah Lane preaching a sermon right now. It's what my kids are going to take from me preaching a sermon. There is hope, but only if we don't quit. Jesus went a little further in the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed to avoid these consequences tonight. What if Jesus would have stopped? What if Jesus would have quit? Oh man, that's the whole world. Our decisions affect more than just ourselves. We'll go ahead and get into the message. And my point one, um, if you're taking notes tonight, will be from taken from verse fifty three through fifty six in the book of Matthew. But all this was done that the, or wait, 53, go back here. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the scripture of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that laid hold on Jesus led him away. You see, Jesus was not a martyr. A martyr is a Christian, a serious Christian, that is led to their death by a superior force because of that one's belief. However, God is all-powerful and simply chose Jesus Christ was not forced to the cross. He was led. So therefore, he was not a martyr. I heard it put one way. All are born. All die because they're born. Except for Jesus. He was born to die. Dear Christian, would you like to be a second mile Christian? Would you like to walk worthy tonight? Would you like to fight for America's heritage? We just watched it. Oh man that a remnant would arise. It says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise. Jesus knew that Moses was going away, and he had prepared Joshua to arise. Gabriel, that's mine and used generation. Caleb, that's mine and used generation. After all these people are gone, we must arise and become a part of that remnant of Jesus Christ. The first point that I have tonight is we as Christians should have a martyr's heart. Preacher, what is a Christian martyr? Well, I'm glad you asked. A Christian martyr is just more than a serious Christian. He or she is a person who believes and is 100% in Christ in his cause. They are willing to give up anything or anyone at any time. They are well known and probably more that are not. However, There are several martyrs that are well-known, and probably more that are not. I know at Crown College, we have the opportunity to have school and classes around a Christian Heritage Center, and in that Christian Heritage Center, there's so many individuals that just lived for God, and those are the kind of people, the kind of people that we watched in the video that founded our country, are the same people that we're standing on the shoulders of. It's our spiritual fathers and our mothers in our faith. These along with many preachers, missionaries, and authentic Christian laymen that fill up our church pews. That's who paved the way for our Christianity. And we should be thankful. And not only do we have the opportunity and the responsibility to take their example and not only replicate it, but to have faith in God enough that He'll grow it. That He'll grow Solid Rock Baptist Church. That He'll grow the other local church bodies. Have faith in God to do that. And trust me, I'm preaching to myself up here. Having a martyr's heart is not easy. It's having a completely sold out heart for Jesus. I mean, He gave all. We owe it to Him. We owe everything to Him. He's given us everything. We cannot hold anything back. The Bible says this is our reasonable service. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service? That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So that sounds a whole lot like dying to self, doesn't it? That's because of what it is. The Bible says that's our reasonable service. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what's expected. That's not... Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's a good suggestion, Lord. I'll think about doing that. No. Our reasonable service, our duty as a Christian. Being born again through Jesus Christ's blood is an amazing free gift. We heard about that this morning in the, uh, in the foolish man. I trust you have accepted that free gift of salvation. Being born again to the family of God. While there are no strings attached to this salvation and no requirements to get into heaven besides trusting Jesus, there is a Christian standard that we all have to uphold. If we have been born into this righteous family of God, there's no reason to not have it. There should be something different. We must strive to kill the old man and to live within the new man. We shouldn't be comfortable in ungodly situations. And if you have a question about some of the situations you've allowed yourself in this week, they're probably wrong. We must be sold out to God if we want to be a second mile Christian. We must have a martyr's heart. If I had a second thought tonight, I would emphasize it would be we should remind ourselves of the Lord. So let's recap here. Point one was we must have a martyr's heart completely sold out for Jesus Christ. Point two, we should remind ourselves of the Lord and what he has done in our lives. Matthew chapter 26 verse 40 says, And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, whenever Peter and the two sons of um, Zebedee was preparing for this journey to go with Jesus, they forgot what Jesus had done for them. That's the only reason they would be able to fall asleep whenever Jesus told them and gave them a commandment. They must have forgotten God's goodness. They must have forgotten what God meant to them. Because they couldn't even hold their eyes open. They completely missed God. They fell asleep on God. Have you ever fell asleep on God when he was doing something? Oh, it seemed like he wasn't doing something, but he was. Folks, I hate to tell you this, but we didn't start out this year ahead. We're over halfway in the year, meaning that almost 250 churches statistically have already closed down. Baptist Bible-believing churches. We as Christians in a world with so much wasted life, opportunity, and potential are playing catch up. Stay with me here. Have you ever wondered how many are called but never pick up the phone? The Bible says the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. So much time has been wasted, resources squandered, and it's up to the remnant in this room tonight, as big or as small as it is, to complete God's work. As I was going over this message, the Lord put it on my heart. You know, Saldana Baptist Church is a great local church. And there's other great local churches. And in every local church, there's a body of believers that is a remnant. That's what the pastor was referring to earlier. There is a small, usually a very small portion of the crowd and that is what the church is. It's the backbone of the church. Your Sunday night people, and we're so glad you're here tonight. Your Wednesday night people, your people that are sold out for Jesus Christ. The people who don't forget whenever Jesus Christ does stuff for them. And this is extra, but in verse 42 and 43. It says, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Jesus comes back and finds them asleep again. Wow. Everything we do in the present affects our habits in the future. I love this poem um, I read online uh, several years ago, and I brought it back, God brought it back to memory. Be careful of your thoughts, for your thoughts become your words. Be careful of your words, for your words become your actions. Be careful of your actions, for your actions become your habits. And be careful of your habits, for your habits become your character. And be careful of your character, because your character determines your destiny. these men were not prepared to stay awake on the journey. Are we prepared as Christians to stay awake, to stay alert to what God is doing, to stay so conscious that we see a need and we feel it? To be so conscious of God that whenever He gives us something, we share it. To be so conscious of God whenever you're driving down the road and you park at your workplace and there's several people that you talk to on a daily basis. Do you have enough soul consciousness about you to witness to those people? Because you may be the only Bible they ever read. You may be the only opportunity they have to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. What about our families? What about our friends? Friends don't let friends die and go to hell. In point three, the last part here, um, the whole reason this story is even here is because Jesus was seeking after God. If Jesus couldn't do it without God, I don't think we can either. My third point, we cannot do anything alone. The whole, any kind of change or advance in our Christian life always starts with a change and an advance in our Christian walk with God. I'm going to say it one more time. Any kind of change or advance in our Christian life always starts with a change in our walk with a holy God. My friendships struggle whenever I don't take the time to talk to them. I'm sure you husband and wife couples, I'm not married yet. I will be eventually, hopefully. Um, If you don't talk to your wife for about a month, how's y'all's relationship going to be? I assume pretty bad. Again, I'm not married. I assume pretty bad. Maybe y'all do that on a regular. Maybe y'all should talk to each other more. It would be pretty bad. You have to have communication. You have to have an open line of communication. I almost wore my dead watch, um, but I didn't, and I was going to use it for this illustration. You know, that watch will tell me the time, and it, it looks nice, but if it's not got any power source, if the battery is dead, it's not going to do its job. That's just like us as Christians. Whenever we're disconnected from God, we have no power, we have no recharge, From a holy God, we cannot be expected to do His work. We must treat our relationship with a holy God with time and dedication. And I'm preaching to myself up here. Just as a husband and a wife spend time in the engagement process and then make the choice to love each other forever, we must renew our vows with our God. Sometimes every week, if we need to. Sometimes every day, sometimes moment by moment. If we want to be a second mile Christian that loves the Lord and has a martyr's heart, we're not going to be able to do it alone. That one who reminds themselves of God's past and present blessings. If I could get Brother Matthew, if you can come help me real quick, and Brother Ronnie. I need y'all to do something for me. I want hold this hand. Go over there. Just stand right there. Brother Ronnie, come down here with me. Now, this is going to represent our past, our present, and our future. It's not very long and it's not endless like eternity is, but it's all Dollar General had. Okay? So, <laughs> all right. Hold that right there. And I want you to hold it like it's just going on forever. Hold it like this. Yep. Okay. So the way I have this marked here is this part right here is the 6,020 so years that's already happened. This is the present. that's where we live. And this is the rest of eternity. And just imagine Brother Ronnie's not there and that thing's just going and it's looping back around because that's what eternity is. It's just forever and ever and ever. A lot of people, because they don't have a martyr's heart and they don't, seek to have a relationship with God. They only live for this little red section. How sad. Because we're about right here, and it's getting ready to end. This present's getting ready to end, and we're getting ready to be in eternity forever. And everything that God's given us here is a stewardship. We have possession over it, but we don't have ownership of it. And whatever we do with this right here determines the riches that we get in eternity. The difference that we make for eternity. But there's people living for just this. There's people that are living here in the past. You can't change it, but you're still dragging it around. There's people that are living in just the present. YOLO, you only live once. Let's just live it up. But that's not what's going to be worth it whenever that present ends. And we have an entire eternity. See, eternal riches last forever. Whenever you work at a Baptist youth camp over the summer and you get to lead little boys and girls to the Lord, it lasts forever. Whenever you're faithful and you don't quit on God and you purpose in your heart to have a martyr's heart and to do right and have a good relationship with God and stay in commune with God, it's worth it. Eventually, this is going to stop. This life that we know of, it's going it's to end. And then that's what we have left with. Whatever we've done with our present will change how we live in eternity. You guys can just lay it on the ground. Right there. That one who is dead to self and completely dependent upon the Savior Jesus Christ, will make the difference. The person who has the martyr's heart, the person who reminds themselves of the Lord and what He's done, and the person who realizes that he has to have full dependency on Jesus Christ. That's the person that lives for eternity. That's the person that truly makes a difference in this world. Maybe you just need to surrender all tonight. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33.3, three, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Whenever you don't call unto God, you don't limit Him. You can't limit God. But you limit what God can do with you. Because you're saying in your heart, no. You're saying in your heart, I don't want that. I don't want what the Lord has. But the second part of that verse, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. With God, everything is so much greater and so much bigger. We can't even imagine the blessings that would pour out on our life if we would live for eternity. If we would be a second mile Christian that walks worthy. I trust this has been encouragement. You just obey the Lord tonight. And whatever he'd have you to fix, I pray that you'd fix it. I pray that you'd be a second mile Christian that walks worthy. I pray that you would be worthy of the vocation we with you are called. Because we're all called to be Christians. Whenever we say I'm a Christian, it should answer certain questions about our life. Automatically. There should be no question about our Christian testimony at work. There should be no question about our Christian testimony in the schoolhouse. There should be no question about our Christian testimony at church. Obey the Lord tonight. Thank you for listening.